Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast, brought to you by Advisorpedia. In this series, we interview innovators from across the financial services industry to help you understand who they are, what they do, and why that matters to you and your clients. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. There are so many choices today for advisors in the fintech area that can get confusing and maybe even a little overwhelming. To help us understand what an advisor is faced with when making these difficult technology choices, we've asked Robert Gorman to join us. Robert is the co-founder and COO from Apollon Wealth, a firm with 50 professionals, including 30 advisors, serving clients in 24 locations across 15 states. Making the right choices in technology is a must for a firm this size. Welcome, Robert. Thank you, Doug. Tell me a little bit about your firm. It has quite an impressive footprint. Well, I appreciate that. Um, we established Apollon in February of 2018. So we just celebrated our fifth year anniversary. And when we started the firm, our primary focus of moving off uh, my partner and I into the independent space is to have unfettered control to the types of solutions that we wanted to bring our clients to be able to customize what the client experience looked like what the back office would experience, how different advisors would affiliate themselves and be able to use the the technology. We're very much a planning-oriented firm. And so a a big uh, effort of our time has been really understanding the the various options that are out there in terms of how to build a technology stack to make sure that we find the most efficient opportunities to help our clients achieve better outcomes and obtain their financial goals. Has it turned out the way you imagined it to this point? You founded it not so long ago, and it's grown so quickly. I think that's a great question. And and I will uh, extend a significant amount of credit to my partner, Michael Dolberg, who at the time had a much bigger vision and uh, grandiose view than what I had. When we started Apollon, my primary focus, in, and it still is to this day, is on the client, on the consumer of financial services. How are we going to interact with them? What would that process look like? How would we differentiate ourselves? How would we make sure that we're creating extreme value from them? And to this day, the vast majority of my time is spent in the day-to-day operations of making sure that our advisors have all the tools and resources to execute on that at a very high level. It was primarily my partner, Mike, who really saw the opportunity for us to not just help a handful of clients that the initial advisors that came along to create a pollen could help, but to be able to serve more. And serving more meant really getting our brand out there, starting to connect with other advisors in the industry that may be looking for other opportunities and different ways to plug in and, and interact with their clients. And so the growth of Apollon that we've experienced for the last five years, both in terms of AUM and headcount and, and staffing up a back office has been much greater than what I ever would have anticipated. And that's the value of a partnership is uh, someone that focuses on more of the day-to-day, which is myself and, and my partner, Mike, who's really been very forward-thinking and, and looking towards the future. And this has been an incredible journey. We have a, a wonderful team and uh, I feel blessed every day to come in here and get to work with these people and to be doing what we're doing. Well, being focused on the day-to-day, you're immersed in technology and, and thinking about that. So while doing a 360 review of your business, 
how did you think about technology to empower not only your employees, but improve the experience with your clients? So I'm a fairly visual person. And so when I hear 360, what immediately comes to my mind is a circle. And if I think about what's in the center of that circle, it's the client. But if you reflect upon our industry over the last 20, 30, 40, 50 years, technology wasn't always a requirement. I mean, presumably I could walk down to a coffee shop, meet someone, agree to have lunch with them the next week talk to them about what their primary goals are, go back to my office, script out my recommendations on a yellow pad, meet with the client, present those recommendations, have applications mailed to them and mailed to the custodian, call in the orders and have some process of connecting with the client in the future to review the results. And so technology is about enhancing that experience with the client. It's about that shared experience between the advisor and the client in the back office. And so we think about technology in terms of how do we benefit every aspect of the evolution of how someone becomes a prospect to a client? How do we use technology to identify the prospects that were most equipped to suit or most suited to help out? How do we connect with them and, and differentiate a message? How do we enhance that experience in terms of how we collect data and how it's stored? How do we optimize the recommendations? And when those recommendations are presented, provided in such a way that it's meaningful to them, it empowers the client with clarity and confidence to move forward with execution. And what does that implementation look like? Are there opportunities to maximize the communication, minimize the friction along the way? And then how do we monitor and remain proactive about making changes to our for our clients as their life changes or there's macro changes in the market or legislation or taxes. So I, I think technology implemented well should improve the outcome on all those components. But if you think back at the very beginning of creating uh, an independent advisory firm, our definition of client was the consumer of financial advice. And as we had built out on, on that journey and, and found some success with it and started to have advisors join the firm, then the definition of advisor started to fit within the definition of a client. And then as the firm continued to expand and we had to hire more people in our back office and the central service team, then the employees of our organization start to fit within that definition of a client. So I I think about technology and I think about what's in the center of that as three co-centric circles. The firm itself needs to focus on empowering the employees If the employees are able to support and empower the advisors, then the advisors in turn can best serve their clients. When you looked around and you saw all the fintech companies out there, and there's a ton, how did you match looking around to what was important to you and your firm to make a match? I think we primarily view what a good match is in the sense of, does it create one or all of three things? Does it create value? Does it create leverage? And can it be scaled? And so value tends to be more oriented around the consumer of advice, right? And and you can identify value by asking, does it differentiate us? Does it give us a competitive edge? Will it help generate prospect opportunities? Does it allow us to address different facets of a client's financial affairs? 
Does it improve on the execution of the recommendations? And so as a fiduciary, uh, there's an alignment of value in the sense that the better outcomes we achieve for our clients, then the better our organization does. And so value can often be quantified in terms of expected revenue. The second piece that we look at is, does it create leverage? And so simply put, leverage is just the concept of doing more with less. And it's really a study of time and and the cost of human capital. And so with leverage, does it provide our clients more time with respect to how long it takes to execute on an application or give us information? Does it allow the advisors to, to serve more people or do more for their clients? Can the employees do more? And so as a firm, leverage is how do we grow with less people, less time involved in the task, and how does it free up additional revenue so that we can reinvest in other parts of the business that will bring our clients even more value? The third component would be scale. And scale is a simple one to to answer in the sense of if it works for one user, will the technology work for 10 or 20 or 50 or 100? What about 1,000? And one of our goals being to create a very unified experience for our clients, which means that we need to create a unified experience for our advisors. And so scale can come into play sometimes because we often find good technology, and it's good because it creates value and leverage, but it may not be great technology because it doesn't permit us to scale across an entire organization due to its complexity or or maybe issues with the supervision of the deliverables, or maybe it's just the overall cost of it. Without naming names, where did you kick the tires? And what opened your eyes to the possibilities of what's really out there? Has the industry come as far as we think it has in terms of technology? (laughs) I, I think that the question itself is almost as overwhelming as where the industry is actually at. Um, and, and for me, I, I love technology. And, and like a little kid in the candy shop, I, I, I want it all. And thank God I've got a, a partner and a CFO that has to limit that at times. I started my career back in 2004 in the financial service industry, and I was affiliated with a large insurance company and an independent broker dealer. And the only choice of technology that I had was what cell phone provider I was going to use. And, and I still remember getting my first trio and having emails come to my phone. And, and that was mind blowing for me. And, and later in my career, I remember being at some type of industry event and they were presenting a, a five-year vision for how technology was going to reshape our landscape and, and how we interact with clients. And the issue that I had is that the technology was there. I mean, it, it existed at the time. And the only reason that it was a five-year vision is that was going to be the length of time it would take to implement. And so we look at a lot of the large firms that are in in the industry, and a lot of their technology and infrastructure is built on proprietary systems, legacy frames that you can't normalize the data. It doesn't integrate with other providers, and it, it just can't be scaled across an organization when you're looking to add on new components. And and so the analogy would be like wanting to rebuild your house, but your house is built of stone. And in order to rebuild it, you've got to chisel away piece by piece at that stone in order to be able to relayer some things on top. 
And so you look at the fintech map uh, that uh, that kits this, uh, the, the technology roadmap that's published every so often, and, and it's almost doubled. Yeah. And so massive strides have been made within our industry. And, and I think part of it is around two concepts, one being the, the changing taste of consumers. Whereas the past had primarily been focused on um, portfolio reporting, rebalancing and investment tools, I think consumers are both deserving and demanding of more with respect to real holistic financial advice. And so that's created an incredible opportunity for these new entrants to come in that are creating more specialty software like college planning, tax planning, state income distribution, business planning services, alternatives. And so the speed of innovation to be able to provide um, advisors with an entire toolbox to be able to really help their clients across every aspect of, of their overall financial affairs, it, it's really incredible. I think the second piece of where the industry is, has really grown from a fintech standpoint is the growth of the RIAs themselves. I mean, as we all know, there, there's been a mass movement from um, the independent broker-dealers and wirehouses into the independent space, and, and that's created a lot of opportunity. It's created opportunity for new technology providers to assist in practice management, compliance, you know, work pl- workflow and document automata- automa- automation. It, it's also become more affordable. There, there's a number of these providers that have built very customizable technology platforms that are geared towards a smaller user base and able to be customized to what their unique workflows are. There's a massive movement towards deeper integrations. So as new independents are coming into the space and building their technology infrastructure from scratch, they can weave together various components so that they can all communicate with one another. And so interesting enough, I I see some of the larger enterprise level providers of technology retooling their infrastructure to address a smaller user base and making it more customizable, whereas some of the newer entrants that have come in that initially were really dealing with the the smaller independents are are now retooling to be able to provide something that's more enterprise-driven. And and as a result, I think it's spurring more and more innovation, and I think it's also bringing down cost. Robert, give me your factors that were important to your firm in finding the right partner. Well, when we set out to create a pollen our vision of technology and and our overall infrastructure would be one that is built more from Lego blocks than out of stone. And and so if you think about building a a Lego house, it's pretty easy to swap in and out pieces, take a larger one, put a smaller one in, smaller one to a larger one, change the color, change the design. And so we view technology and Legos as one and the same in the sense that each piece of technology that we're using is a different module or it's a different Lego block of the house that we're building. And so one of the most important factors that we look at is what is the integration of this technology provider? How many different Lego blocks can we attach it to? One of the issues that I tend to see is a lot of technology vendors talk about the software as being integratable, 
but it's not necessarily integrated. Now, someone else said that, by the way, I think it may have been Kitz's. I don't plagiarize there. But the question on integration is how meaningful is the integration of how those systems connect with one another? Sometimes integration just means that two different systems know each other's there, which is not all that meaningful. Other times, there may be one-way integration where we can source some data from one system and bring it to the other. And ideally, we find both-way integrations where data can move back and forth. And where we can really find home runs if something is truly integrated is, can we bring that data in from system A to system B and then use that data to alert and create automation or action in, in system C? And so integration is one of the key factors that we look at when evaluating different technology partners. The second thing that we would look at is how much do they understand our industry and, and specifically how much do they understand us? As I mentioned before, I think a lot of technology was built around the investment advisor, but as a firm that looks to really provide holistic planning, how versatile is that vendor, that technology, with respect to helping us integrate and assist our clients with all their needs, which would include investment planning, risk management and insurance, financial planning. And so the more understanding that a vendor has around our industry and how we're structured as a firm with respect to multiple entities and, and different partnerships and advisors and advisors teams, that becomes a really important component for us. Third is their systems and process. We've seen recent comments by the SEC and we anticipate that there will be more and more regulatory pressure with respect to how RIAs or not just RIAs, but anyone for that matter, goes about doing their due diligence and oversight on the various vendors that they're using, particularly if those vendors have access to uh, personally identifiable information. And so understanding the different partners that we use, what do their teams look like? What's their pedigrees? How much of an understanding do they have with our industry? What are their internal systems and processes? Can they complete our due diligence questionnaire in a timely manner? Is it going to be durable? And is it something that we can scale with? I think the last key factor for us is understanding what implementation looks like and how much in resources are going to be allocated to that implementation. As a still fairly new firm, I'm certainly guilty and have made mistakes with respect to how we've gone about implementing technology in the past that we've tried to do too much too fast or we didn't have enough resources and time allocated to implementation. And what we discovered is if we fail at the onboarding of new technology, the adoption never gets there and it becomes a waste of money. And it causes more confusion and errors on the back end and the cost of fixing mistakes on the front end is uh, a lot less than what it costs to fix it on the back end in the sense of uh, the amount of time, energy, and forgiveness for moving too fast uh, costs. So understanding what a technology partner is going to allocate with respect to their professional service team and implementation and training is one of our additional key considerations. There were a lot of things that were important to you. There were a lot of factors that were associated with 
choosing the right partner and you chose Practify. So why did you choose them? Well, back to our analogy of Lego blocks. If you were going to build a Lego house, you've got to have a strong foundation for the initial pieces of Legos to attach to in order for it to be sturdy and durable and and, and there for the long term. And so that initially led us to having a strong desire to, to want to use Salesforce as a backbone of that infrastructure just due to their recognition of the industry, the ability to customize it, and just the multitude of integrations that are a part of working with Salesforce. The concern that we had was starting with a blank slate and the effort to customize that to make it work for our industries and and, and our unique needs. And so we, we looked at a lot of different partners and frankly, Practify was able to check all the boxes. From a, a vendor standpoint, Practify already had key relationships with some of our other technology providers. So from day one, we already had integrations that we needed in, in order to really maximize the utilization of the platform. Secondly, we found their team to have a deep understanding of the financial advisor space. And that was evidence from day one of just logging in for the first time and going through a demo. The easiness to browse around, I mean, incredibly intuitive design, um, the ability for advisors to understand the relationships between clients and other associated parties, dashboards to help heighten awareness on key areas. And so it was very clear to us from day one that Practify really spoke to what our needs were. Their their team and the the different consultants that we've worked with and relationship managers, they all had backgrounds in financial services. So they understood some of our regulatory issues and concerns around what it looks like and feels like to, to build an RIA. And and that focus that they had on the financial advisor space gave us a tremendous amount of confidence that it was an organization that we could scale with. And and lastly, the ability to work with them on customizations. We were blown away by the efficiency of working with their pro service team to rebuild and create new workflows for us that allowed us to take a platform that they had already created with lots of -of out-of-the-box workflows and dashboards and the ability to take those and keep the things that work for us, but re-engineer the things that we needed to better align with our internal systems and processes was a huge selling point for us wanting to go with Practify. What does the Practify platform allow you to do that has benefited your firm? Well, I mean, clearly there's there's just the pure CRM capabilities of having getting there, but where it's really created material benefits to the firm beyond the CRM capacity is one, it's an, our important source of books and records. So we capture all of our client, uh, know your client information, we capture account level suitability, we capture important information about their financial plans. It's fully integrated with our cloud-based storage system. 
And, and that becomes a, a big time saver in the sense that there's one place to go for information. There, there's one place to go to identify key components of uh, a financial picture and how to act on that information. Secondly, it, it benefits us in the sense that we're able to track at a division or multiple entity level. You know, we have a structure of, we have advisors, we have teams of advisors, we have partnership firms, we have different branches and regions. And so the ability to report on data at that user level, team level, or, or higher levels of the hierarchy allows our executive leadership team to have better information, have it quicker, and, and that allows for more efficient strategic planning and forecasting. We have spent a lot of time working with Practify in making it our central operations hub with the respect that all client service requests are typically initiated out of Practify. And so by creating an environment where our advisors are already living for the majority of their day to figure out who to call and what they need to be aware of, it's also where they initiate client requests. And by initiating the client requests, such as you know, beneficiary changes or account openings or trade requests, what it's done for us is it's eliminated a lot of verbal communication. And we find that verbal communication can oftentimes be challenging because people mishear things. So it allows us to avoid more errors in communication. It creates a trail of how something got initiated, what was requested, how is it fulfilled. It saves people time as we ensure that when someone is requesting something to be fulfilled, that we're collecting all of the information within Practify so that by the time it gets to our central service team, there is no additional back and forth around other information that may be needed. Those requests that come through Practify go to queues, which I think is a big benefit versus using email. So it doesn't sit for one person to need to take action on. By using a queue-based system, it allows the first possible person to be able to fulfill that client's request. It allows for tracking. So advisors are able to log in, see the status of a request, they know where things are at in the process. The integration with portfolio reporting system allows that advisor to have timely information about what's going on in their client accounts. And from an operational standpoint, uh, we've been able to co-build a dashboard together that gives me a daily report of all the things that I really need to understand. So it's sourcing information from multiple systems and we're able to evaluate key metrics, understand what's outstanding, accounts in motion, plans and delivery. It allows for better collaboration with compliance, which has allowed us to maintain a, a leaner operation and it, it helps identify inefficiencies. So we can track every step of a process or of a task. We know how long it sits with a an advisor, we know how long it sits with the central service member, we know how, how long it sits with a custodian. And by having that type of intricate understanding of, of time, it allows us to identify where do we need to provide more training? Where are people not using the systems or they're, they're taking a, an extra step in the process that's not necessary? It, it allows us to understand when do we need to hire more people? Because we can see that task lists are growing and, and that we're not fulfilling things in a timely manner. 
And, and it's allowed us to really understand where are the gaps and, and what things do we need to just frankly pull out and retool. And so as a result of all that, we've had a lot of material benefits from working with Practifies that it's given us a tremendous amount of leverage for both our employees and our advisors. And it's allowed us to scale much quicker. You know this platform pretty much inside and out after all that. Is there anything that surprised you? I think what I'm most surprised about is truly the 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 depth of understanding of our industry. And, and I'm not sure, Doug, whether I'm allowed to name names or not, but but our Salesforce engineer, Jordan Kurth, has been a, an absolute rock star. And from the first time that we sat down to start co-designing what our unique systems and processes are that we're going to bolt on to the incredible work that they'd already done, I was frankly just amazed at how much she already understood and how quickly she got up to speed around the things that are unique to our industry. Understanding the importance of tracking certain items, of investment advisory agreements, of you know new SEC regulations, client billing concerns, you know custody rules on fee-based planning, and so the degree of, of customization that they've been able to provide us, but also understanding how that needs to fit within a regulatory construct has been has been really incredible. And, and it's, it's gotten us to the point where I spend less time with the Practify engineers in terms of architecting what we want the systems and processes to look like, where we can give them some high-level guidance and and they can take it and run with it. I would say another component is just the speed of development of the platform. With every release that they've pushed out, the platform just keeps getting better and better. And as much as I'd like to believe that we are incredibly forward-thinking and anticipating where the industry goes, they are right there, if not much farther ahead of us. And, And so I can think of countless examples of uh, looking at how we've been growing and how we've been scaling and you know what those needs are, for example, uh, an ability to really track potential new advisors that are wanting to, to join us or new firms that are coming on board and how to manage that data, how to think about the onboarding process. And as we as a team were just starting to think about how we were going to co-create that and work with the engineers, it came out in one of their next releases. And, and so it's amazing to have something that is, is, is scaling and, and evolving as we're using it. And, you know, every, every new release gives us more and more functionality to improve our own systems and processes and, and, and make our firm more scalable. I'd say lastly, I'm surprised about the true depth of the partnership. I think partnership is something that we can toss, toss around quite often. But I, I, I truly feel like we have a partnership with Practify, and, and that's important, as we've already articulated, that, that it's one of the core Lego blocks of the house that we've built. And we remain in frequent contact with one another. I think that they spend uh, an exorbitant amount of time understanding what our goals are, what our aspirations are, what, what our pipeline looks like of, of, of growth of clients, growth of advisors, growth of back office. And, and they've been a, a wonderful a wonderful partner in terms of helping us forecast you know, what our future needs are and, and how to allocate the appropriate resources to us. Last question. 
happy clients talk to others who might want to become members of your firm. Um, how have your clients benefited from the technology? Well, as we as we talked about earlier, uh, how clients interact is is really really where we define value, and what we see in the current state of of how our clients are benefiting. It's really the speed of execution, the communication, and being able to transform an investment advisory relationship, which can sometimes be reactive into one that's proactive, and not just with investments, but with planning and insurance and risk management. And so with respect to the the time of of execution, things don't sit in inboxes. They they go to the queue. and, And so we've measured this and identified that the requests that advisors send to our central service team to act on on behalf of the client, we've cut that time period down in half. All of our account openings go through a practified process, trade requests, the money movement. And so we're seeing lightning fast execution on tasks that are coming in. The clients also benefit from communication. We've got a number of workflows built within the system that are providing timely communication to the client. It's fully integrated with our marketing efforts, with our market insights. And so having this this deep integration by understanding the the data that is typically connected or collected in CRM system, but integrating it with, uh, with, with other email systems, we can provide them with timely content around questions that may be top of their mind. We're able to provide more rapid status updates on where they may be at in an account opening process or different things that they may have requested. And, and lastly there, it's frankly just empowering our advisors. For quite a while, the financial planning relationship is a very reactive one in the sense that we agree to meet with clients on a periodic basis, maybe it's quarterly or semi-annually, or something happens with the client and they call in But the advisor doesn't know that something materially has changed in that client's life unless the client has the initiative to call or it's discussed during some type of review process. By integrating Practify with the other systems that we're using, we're able to identify those changes in the client's life immediately and create an actionable item for the advisor to be able to connect with that client and be proactive to addressing the risk or, or, or um, approaching the need versus waiting around to the next review cycle. What I'm, what I'm most excited about is the future state of what we'll be doing with Practify. And we're in a process right now to really use some other providers to, to normalize data across multiple systems and to be able to use communities to create a client portal and to provide that client an opportunity to see various components of what we built in Practify that is meaningful for them for their own personal dashboard that, that spans across financial planning, investments, insurance. They'll be able to initiate requests. And, and lastly, I'm, I'm incredibly excited about the progress that's occurred in the world of AI and what that will allow us to do to really enhance how we address the needs of our, of our financial clients. Robert, thank you for the thorough and exciting talk today. We really appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Doug. 
To learn more about Apollon Wealth, please visit ApollonWealthManagement.com. To learn more about Practify, please visit Practify.com. Please follow us for timely updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everyone at Advisorpedia, our producer, Julia Smolin, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.